Valverde. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 326, and we got a doozy for you today. Dropping that FF knowledge on your dome, flinging that FF goo around like only your boys over here can do. This show is Tempt Fate in Week 8. I have got Stag Party on the other end of an Uber conference. We're doing a nice little show here, here for you today. We're doing it a day later than usual. Sorry for that. Uh, life came calling in the form of my real job. And I uh, had a bunch of crap I needed to do over uh, the Monday and Tuesday. So I apologize for that. Uh, Staggy, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Good, man. It's just uh, that part of the season where it's real crunch time. You can start taking a look. Uh, to playoffs a little bit, trying to figure out, you know, what guys you need to move in order to make that uh, championship run. So this is a big time of the season for me. It's when I'm always trying to solidify, you know, my wide receiver three spot and, and get a wide receiver two in there, or I'm looking for an RV, RV two to fill that spot. And so I'm, you know, crunching at the waiver wire. I'm making trade offers. And, and this is where I really think, you know, what you have in your team and what you have to have, uh, to improve, and I think you know other people in your league n- know pretty similarly as well. Yeah, I agree. There's actually uh, been more, I think, more trades going on today in uh, my big money league than I can remember. So it seems like everyone's on board. Everyone realizes this is kind of the last push. Uh, been surprising to me how many good players there have been. Again, I'm in ten man leagues, so there's always going to be a little bit more out there, but. There's still just a lot of players uh, available on the waiver wire that are going to be able to do some damage for you this week and even going back over the past uh, few weeks. We'll talk about a number of them, but guys like Marlon Mack, are, you're looking at now and you're like, wow, if he can just, uh, you know, granted I know he was playing Buffalo, but if he can just kind of get these touches and these looks and they can pair back from what they're doing with those uh, rookies, um, you got to be excited. And there's a lot of other players that are, uh, in that realm due to injuries and, you know, the season uh, maturing a little bit. So some of the younger kids are getting a little more run. So pretty exciting stuff. Give our, our listeners a, a little uh, down low of who the bye weeks are. Pay attention here, guys. And These are the teams that are out this week. Don't play them. Yeah, there's some pretty good teams on bye this week. We have the Falcons, uh, the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Titans. If you're just catching up for the week, Amari Cooper is the newest Cowboy, so he gets the infamous double bye week. Uh, It might be good enough for him, though. He was coming off a concussion in his last active game with the Raiders. So uh, just uh, another week to acclimate and another week to sort of get this playbook. So he's going to be up and running uh, uh, next week and hopefully uh, integrated enough into the offense that he can make an impact. Well, you know, since we're not going to be able to talk about them uh, you know, because they're on bye. What do you think about that trade? What do you think for the Cowboys, you know, and what do you think about for the uh, Raiders side? Well, I never thought the Raiders were going to be able to get a first-round pick back for Amari Cooper. The fact that they were able to get one and one that could be in the top half of the first round because of the Cowboys' record if they don't end up, you know, making the playoffs, which is sort of why they acquired Amari Cooper. Um you know, I think it's a big trade for them because I just didn't think it would happen. Now, you know, flipping to the Amari Cooper fantasy value, it, it's hard to see that being a, a perfect marriage when you have this second bye week 
and you have uh, you know a new team to get acclimated to. Midseason trades for wide receivers aren't great. We've seen it take you know Josh Gordon about a month to get up to speed with the Patriots, and now he looks to finally be there. So maybe you have him for you know a late season stretch. But there was a lot to sort of process. Uh, if I'm finding a guy who wants to buy Amari Cooper because they're excited about this Dallas offense, you know, I'm definitely willing to sell. Um, You know, you get a team, you're getting a guy who goes from a team attempting 10 less passes a game overall, moving from the Raiders to the Cowboys. This is still a run-centric team that doesn't run a lot of plays to begin with. So, you know, Amari's value is hurt, but he should match up well with, Dak Prescott because, you know, Prescott's not a guy who likes to throw into tight windows. Amari Cooper is a guy who's very good at creating separation. And his real problem this season hasn't been, you know, due to uh, anything he's done. It's been more due to lack of opportunities and the team just going away from him at times. So I I do think there is something to be said that he could become more consistent. I just do think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get acclimated in that offense. Nice. Well, as you guys usually know, getting to the games, uh, we like to go to the NFL.com, go off their schedule, follow week eight, and we go from the Thursday night game and go down. But before we get into Thursday night's matchup, let's listen to this. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pools. You may ask, how does Squad QL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster and your league scoring system. Squad QL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you player rankings each week. Each week, it's all about. It's all based on your league setting. Squad QL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to squadql.com to download Squad QL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. Squad QL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free from both Apple and Android stores. All right, buddy. You got a uh, after after what I felt was like uh, some good matchups uh, going on this Thursday night. This one actually is. These are two teams that are on the same level. I think uh, Dolphins kind of uh, took a hit. Um, actually, no, they, they didn't. They they actually they've actually been doing all right with Brock. But uh, we got the Dolphins are going down to the Texans. Uh, we'll start with the visiting team. Brock Osweiler still in the lineup. How long is is Tannehill out? I mean, is it is there any news on it? It seems kind of vague. Yeah, there is not a lot of news here. So you're sort of sitting and waiting and watching. Um, but right now, Brock Osweiler is keeping everybody in this offense fantasy viable. It's not much of a change uh, going from Ryan Tannehill to him. So I don't think you're too concerned or too worried Uh you know, Brock over the last two weeks has over 600 passing yards. He's averaging 310 a game, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, the real concern is you're sort of, you know, ticking players off the wide receiver depth chart here. You know, you're going to be without Kenny Stills. You're going to be without Albert Wilson for what looks like the remainder of the season. 
I just not to him. What's that? What happened to Wilson? Uh, it sounds like he's got a hip injury. They don't think he's going to need surgery, but uh, you know, nothing, nothing's happening here. Damn, I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Well, that's bummer. Go ahead. Yeah. So you know, you know, being down that depleted core at wide receiver, you're going to end up playing Devontae Parker, who's been a healthy and active for you the last couple weeks, and many thought might be traded, but you know, right now that looks a little less likely. Uh, but maybe maybe they showcase him in this game. Maybe they really try and pump up his trade value, see if they can get a fourth or a fifth-round pick in return if he has a nice uh, big game. So I do look for them to potentially uh, feature Devontae Parker here. Um, Jakeem Grant and Danny Amendola are two other guys who are going to see an increased uptick in you know snaps and potential targets. Uh, with this injury, I expect those three guys to form the core of their wide receiver this week. Uh, and then you look at the rest of it, it it's, you know, Mike Kosecki has been putting up a little bit of numbers, but the real core of this team is the running back core. And, you know, uh, Frank Gore is the leading rushers with 332 yards, but he hasn't scored a touchdown. Um, but Drake broke off a big one last week. But, you know, with Drake, he, he's seeing five, six, eight, 12 carries in a game and he's not seeing enough targets to sort of offset that. So it it is very much worrisome about his overall workload, but he's such an explosive player that you've got to expect him to get more and more, especially with, uh, you know, stills, who's an explosive athlete and Albert Wilson now out of the lineup. Uh, You know, they don't really have an explosion factor in there unless it's, you know, maybe Jakeem Grant. Yeah, Frank Gore going for a big milestone in his career. Um, he needs 104 yards from scrimmage uh, in this game, and then he would pass Barry Sanders to be the sixth most scrimmage yards in the history of the NFL, and that is not just for running backs. That includes wide receivers. Jerry's got the most. Jerry Rice's got the most scrimmage yards of anybody, and then uh, it's a bunch of running backs. Emmitt Smith, Peyton, you know, the whole cast of characters. Uh, so – that's pretty impressive. Frank Gore, that's a serious career. Basically, everyone that's ahead of him in these scrimmage yards is the Hall of Famer. Um, so good luck to Frank Gore on uh, passing that milestone and going past uh, Barry Sanders for most yards of, from scrimmage. Um, all right, cool. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Houston Texans, they kind of have uh, the, the Dolphins number uh, over the lifetime series. Um, do you think from a fantasy perspective, uh, Watson's going to be able to uh, get it done? And who else are you liking on this offense uh, in this matchup against uh, Miami? I do think uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be able to get it done here. Uh, he's coming off a couple of games in which he struggled. So now this is sort of a big uh, game for him to sort of step up and put on the show on Thursday night. Um, you know, against Buffalo, they were put in a lot of good spots by Blake Bortles. Uh, they're not going to have that sort of going for them right now. <laughs> if you look at it, it, it is a below average offense, though. They're scoring just 22.1 uh, points a game. The league average right now is 24, which is sort of surprising. But, you know, Deshaun Watson has been putting up passing yards. He's got uh, 1937 on the season and in home games. 
Uh, he averages what, 285 passing yards a game with the 16 to six touchdown to interception ratio and in just six career starts. So I'm looking for him to put up a nice game here. You know, to, uh, you look at DeAndre Hopkins, he's been doing a lot of smack talking uh, with Xavier Howard, who's been playing well at the cornerback spot for Miami. Um, you know, he's got three interceptions on the season and has done a good job of shutting down opposing number one wide receivers. So uh, there is a little bit of contention between those guys. You're yeah. not going to Kiki Kuti in the lineup. Uh, so maybe Will Fuller makes another ascension here uh, as the secondary weapon. So I do like Will Fuller as a wide receiver too this week uh, with DeAndre Hopkins potentially a little bit limited. But, you know, Hopkins is putting together another great season uh, with already over 700 receiving yards on the season, averaging over 100 a game. And, you know, the touchdowns have started to flow his way uh, a little bit over the last, you know, couple weeks. Yeah. Anything? Uh, what do you think about Lamar Miller? I think this game sets up great for Lamar Miller, which scares the hell out of me. Lamar yeah. Miller coming off 100 yards rushing and a touchdown last week. Um, and now gets a Miami team that is allowing the second most or third most fantasy points to opposing running backs on the season and has allowed 410 rushing yards to opposing running backs over the last three weeks. Um, so it sets up great, but whenever it sets up great for Lamar Miller, that's when it seems to be the great lit down. Uh, but I, I think you can pretty comfortably start him as an RB2 this week uh, based on potential volume alone. But there is also, you know, the opportunity for touchdowns uh, against this Miami team. Cool. Well, let's get to the uh, Sunday uh, slate. Early game happening. Um, another one. So make sure you set your lineup. Last week was a little bit of a, a, a an issue for a lot of people out there because last minute, all of a sudden, um, you know, they uh, in that game at Wembley, all of a sudden, uh, I'm spacing his name on San Diego was uh, called no, out. Melvin saying? Gordon, Los Angeles. Yeah, Gordon, Melvin Gordon, my bad. Uh, Melvin Gordon was uh, pulled out with a hamstring injury, and that game was starting at 9, 930 or whatever, and a lot of players didn't know that. Even if you set your lineup early, it seemed like it was kind of a last-second thing. So, um, you know, just always when these games happen, uh, just double-check. Just no matter how hungover you are or like to sleep in on a, on a Saturday or Sunday morning, um, when these games are in London or in Mexico, where, where have you abroad, and they start early, just get up and check the news, find out what's going on in the inactives uh, in that game, uh, because I, I bet you a lot of people really got caught with their pants down with Melvin Gordon um, sitting out, and you know you wake up and you're like, wait, why does Melvin Gordon have no points? And it's because he's not playing. So this game is also Wembley, and Philadelphia Eagles against Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, what do you think? Let's start with the Eagles uh, for sure. Um, both these teams are coming in at three and four. Uh, what do you expect uh, against Vaughn's defense like Jacksonville? Uh, can Philadelphia outmuscle them? Yeah, so it was a – it's been a disappointing season for both of these two teams to end up here at this point at three and four. What looked like what could be a real marquee game for this London crowd, but now you've got t- two teams that are you know sli- slightly struggling – 
But you look at Philadelphia, they looked like a Super Bowl team for three quarters last week against Carolina, absolutely holding them down. And then Cam just exploded in that fourth quarter. I think he threw for over 200 uh, yards in that quarter alone, and they just moved the ball effortlessly. Uh, Philadelphia also does lose Derek Barnett for the season, um, so that's going to affect their pass rush a little bit. But you look at Eagles on offense, uh, Carson Wentz, you know, since returning has been great, averaging basically 300 passing yards a game. He has a uh, 10-touchdown to one-interception uh, ratio right now. So you're looking at some very good numbers for Carson Wentz, but I do think it, it is tough to play him against Jacksonville. You look at the numbers that Deshaun Watson ended up with last season or last week, excuse me, and you're sort of very, uh, you know, upset. It just wasn't a great fantasy performance, even though they walked out with a win. Um, you know, against this team, the Eagles are going to do a lot of different things. Um, they're, I think they're going to try a lot of different things, and I do think, you know, a, a coach like Doug Peterson is going to put them in good positions to make plays. So I don't think, you know, Carson Wentz is going to go out and have an absolute stinker. But if I own a guy like Jameis Winston, um, you know, Andy Dalton, those two guys, I, I think I'd be willing to go to over Carson Wentz this week. Um, at running back, you're looking at a combo of Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement again. Uh, you know, they're both getting, you know, nearly the same snaps, and nearly the same touches on a weekly basis. So you got to treat them both to sort of flex plays. Uh, I do think – you know, when time goes by, Corey Clements can eventually ascend here, but I don't think this is, you know, the week. You look at Alshon, he's likely to be covered, um, you know, by Jalen Ramsey for most of this game. Um, and and that, that's going to knock him down into a wide receiver three range for me this week. I do think there's a chance of a touchdown. We sort of saw it with DeAndre Hopkins, who was held down for most of the game, but did make some, you know, nice acrobatic catches, uh, and Alshon's sort of that similar receiver to go up and get a guy to where you don't have to worry about beating Jalen Ramsey with speed or anything like that. I do think, you know, the best play here, like it's been for most of the season, is Zach Ertz, who's on pace to uh, break Jason Witten's reception mark by a tight end by over 20 right now. Um, you know, that guy's just on fire and it's really the best place to attack the Jaguars defense. So uh, I'm playing Zach Ertz, you know, no questions asked. Alshon, you know, a little bit more tepid on. And I do think there's a, a chance that Nelson Aguilar, if they, you know, go back and look at the Dallas tape and look at how Cole Beasley was able to exploit them uh, on defense, I think they could do some of those things with Nelson Aguilar. Nice. Let's go over the Jacksonville side. Obviously, big Blake Bortles benched in the, the game last week, looking uh, fucking awful. Um, you're hearing calls for uh, you know somebody else starting in his in his place. Um, is it, what's what's going on with Bortles? Is, is, is his, are his days done and numbered uh, in Jacksonville, or is he just hitting a bad patch here? Well, Blake Portals sort of is who he thought he was, right? Like, he's always one of these guys who's very up and down. But, you know, so far in his career, Blake Portals is own London. Like, he makes a second home there. Uh, he does well for himself. He likes getting paid in pounds more than he likes getting paid in dollars. 
apparently, because his career in in London has been great. Uh, you know, he just torched. Um, I, I mean, he's got three games in London with eight pass TDs and one interception. Uh, last one, he toasted Baltimore for four touchdowns against zero picks. It, it's, you know, it's been good for Bortles, but uh, Philadelphia does bring pressure and the Jacksonville line has been beat up. They're losing pieces, you know, a tackle at what seems like every single uh, week here. Uh, that makes it a little tougher for, you know, Blake Bortles to have time. I do think if there was another viable quarterback on the roster that they'd be uh, looking to him. But, you know, Cody Kessler is a backup in the league who, you know, showed some flashes in Cleveland, but I I don't think he's ever going to be more than that. Um, I I do think there's going to be a chance that Cody Kessler gets in in the next few weeks, but this could, could also be one of those games where Blake Wardles just comes out lights the world on fire, makes everybody forget that he's bad for three weeks, plays three bad games, and then it, it's like a vicious Blake Bortles cycle. I agree. Uh, there's calls uh, around the league and around social media for uh, Kaepernick to get his crack at it. Um, probably not going to happen. So Carlos Hyde, after he was traded from the Browns to the Jags last week, was inactive, obviously didn't know the playbook. Uh, they didn't want to mess with that. Uh, Hyde is going to make his debut with the Jaguars uh, in this game. TJ Yeldon's obviously going to be his uh, backfield mate. Uh, any thoughts there on on Hyde? Is he uh, is he a viable fantasy running back in any in any format? Uh, is Yeldon still going to keep kind of this uh, this nice pace that he's he's had so far this year? He's he's playing pretty good, and uh, he's another guy that does well in London. Yeah, I find it hard for TJ Yeldon to suddenly get replaced here when they're when when he's playing so well. You know, with the team brought in Carlos Hyde to be the hammer because they think he can help the quarterback and help the defense and help the offensive line. Um, you know, when all three of those things aren't necessarily true at all. Um, so there are some concerns, but I do think. You know, Carlos Hyde can fall into the end zone on a touchdown if Blake Bortles is rolling and moving him up and down the field. Uh, he has shown the ability to find the end zone in his career and, uh, you know, through the first couple of weeks with Cleveland. So I think there's some touchdown vulturing that could happen here, um, especially if, you know, TJ Yeldon's the guy between the 20s. And we know that TJ Yeldon's going to be the preferred you know, catch up back, third down back, change of pace back uh, in this one because, you know, Carlos Hyde doesn't know shit. Uh, it's yeah. hard to sort of write, uh, you know, him in for a big chunk of the work when it's more likely to be, you know, just a couple of uh, carries on the day uh, on specifically designed runs for Hyde. So I, I do think Yeldon's the better play here, but I'm not excited about his you know, touchdown potential with the addition of Hyde. Yeah, I agree. Do you think um, Keenan Cole, is he pretty much droppable at this point? I mean, Keenan Cole. I, th- I think it's difficult for all three of these guys because they've all had big games at some point of the season, and then they've all had, you know, down games. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the play of Blake Bortles, but – they aren't helping him and they're dropping some passes and it's just 
not the greatest. Um, this situation is hard to find a consistent starter in fantasy. The best you're doing is like a dart throw flex play, unless you own him in best ball. Well, today is Jalen Ramsey's birthday, so we wish him on October 24th, which happens to be my half birthday. Uh, so today is my half birthday. Um, celebrations, city. But, yeah, happy birthday to Jalen Ramsey. Um, last thing I'll say on this guy, Peter Schrager's uh, going to be uh, the field reporter and with the NFL Network guys for this game. What's going on with all the mentions by Buck and uh, Troy Aikman uh, in their games? It seems like Troy Aikman's got a little crush on Peter Schrager. Have you noticed this? Like, they just, he's always talking about him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> not I'm not getting into that one. Come on. I wanted, I wanted us to, uh, you know, throw, go back to some of the days, like when me and Dogmatic would call out Troy for uh, being with a, uh, an Aram of men in the Greek islands. All right. You won't, you won't join me in that one? All right. Well, before we get to the next game, do us a favor, help us keep the lights on, and listen to this. All right, Denver Broncos had a little interesting Halloween party on Monday night, I think it was, um, and some craziness happened. They are going to Kansas City to uh, play against the still-hot Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with the Broncos. Chad Kelly dumped today. Weird story. Uh, Von Miller had a party. Everyone's getting uh, a little drunk. He had they, he had bodyguards and security at his party. Um, and Chad Kelly, I guess, ha- had to be ex- es- escorted from said party and then later got arrested while he's sitting in his truck because I guess he walked into a house all drunk, incoherent, mumbling, and sat on the couch with uh, a woman, his uh, her husband, and a baby. And all I know is the husband was hitting Kelly in the head with a uh, with a vacuum. So yeah, the- I don't know. You can't make this shit up. It seems like a scene right out of like Breaking Bad or Six Feet Under or something. Yeah, the best part about that story is Chad Car- Kelly apparently had no alcohol in his system. So uh, really? <laughs> that's one of the stranger parts of the story. But. Uh, it looks like it's Case Keenum's job to keep for at least the season. There's no other viable quarterback options on this roster. So if you're a Case Keenum owner, you somehow end up out of the situation feeling a lot better. Um, you know, Case has been up and down and mostly a garbage time play. And I do think he could be a garbage time play here um, because you are playing the Chiefs who are the hottest ass in all of football. Um you know, they're just playing well. It does set up a great spot for the running backs, though. Uh, Philip Lindsay uh, rushed for 90 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, you know, he's been very, fairly consistent uh, on a weekly basis. Sands the game he was uh, ejected for. Uh, you know, nearly double-digit points in every single game in PPR leagues. Um, so that's been a, a welcome surprise. Um and then Royce Freeman's sort of been the guy who's uh, fallen back because of it. He's sort of just a touchdown dependent flex play. Uh, it's hard to ask any more uh, of him than that at this point. Um, so that's my thoughts on the run game. I do think it sets up well for Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas in what in a game they should have to 
you know, work hard passing the ball in order to keep up with this Chiefs offense. Um, so I, I look for the Broncos to have a pretty nice day on offense, uh, mainly because of garbage time. Yeah, the Chiefs allowing, you know, 435 yards of, uh, of offense against them on a weekly basis. That's a lot. That's definitely one of the higher uh, yards uh, allowing defenses in the league. Um, so that should happen. Emmanuel Sanders was the uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Week last week after he had that uh, nice touchdown throw, nice touchdown catch, had 100 yards. Uh, so big game for him. Uh, but you are hearing Emmanuel Sanders before we get over this next game and, and uh, Demarius Thomas with the trade deadline coming here a week from today. Uh, their names are definitely being mentioned around. Uh, do you think that either one of these guys, uh, Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas, uh, could be on the block and be on another team uh, when we, well, it, for the week nine games? And, uh, it, you know, with that said, who do you think, uh, who do you think's got more left in the tank out of Sanders and Thomas? I think it's Sanders because I think they have a direct replacement for Demarius Thomas in, you know, Cortland Sutton. So I I do think that if one of these two guys is on the way out, it is Demarius Thomas, but this could be a team that'll sell whichever one they get more for in a trade back because, you know, uh, Thomas has some more time left on his deal while Emmanuel Sanders is basically a rest of the season rental. Um, So it depends what other teams are looking for and what they're getting offered in return uh, in my opinion, um, you know, the rest of the team is going to have to step up, but you're likely without, you know, Deshaun Hamilton now uh, for the rest of the season uh, after his injuries. So now, you know, it, it is Sutton as the core uh, guy replacement. And he's played inconsistently, but, you know, fairly well so far. With that touchdown <laughs> that he uh... – that 28-yarder he caught from Emmanuel Sanders last week, that was an impressive catch, dude. Not, yeah. I don't, I, not many uh, – there's, there's, there's about 10 to 15 players in the NFL that I think come down with that ball. Uh, so that was, that was good to see. I agree he's inconsistent. But um, for a rookie, I, I think they got to be pretty uh, excited with the promise that they've got at that, with that kid. All right, we'll move over to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, well, what can we say? You're starting Mahomes. Uh, he's got 22 touchdown passes on the season. Um, if he's able to have, if he's able to throw, um, you know, what is it? I think uh, three touchdowns uh, in this week's game. Um, he'll be the third player in history with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady to have 25 touchdown passes through the first eight games of a season. We know what happened to both Brady and Manning in those seasons that they did that. Uh, they're the two biggest fantasy football seasons by a quarterback ever. The Brady season in um, 2007 when they went undefeated and then lost to the Giants. And then the Peyton Manning, I think that was his first season with Denver uh, in 2013. Uh, he, you know, Both those guys were MVPs and league winners uh, all around. Um, so Mahomes well on his way to having one of those kind of uh, off-the-charts fantasy seasons. Uh, and goddamn, it's hard not to be rooting for that kid. Uh, so yeah, Patrick Mahomes is actually on pace to have the greatest fantasy season ever in in standard leagues. So uh, you know, ever is a pretty big claim, but 
you know, you got to remember that he's also added two touchdowns and 120 rushing yards. Oh. He's not an zero in that area like, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. If anything, they're negatives in the rushing categories. But, you know, Mahomes is sort of a big positive in that area. Um, you look at what he's been able to do. It's been great, and this offense is – been playing great around him. We've seen sort of the ascent, the reascension of Kareem Hunt here over the last couple of weeks, and this is a great spot for Kareem Hunt. Uh, Isaiah Crowell and then Todd Gurley have each rushed for over 200 yards uh, against this team. Um, you know, over the last three weeks, so it looks like a great spot for Kareem Hunt, whether they want to attack, you know, with him through the air or on the ground. So uh, I, I like everybody in this game. Um, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill, he's the number two wide receiver in standard leagues. He's an absolute must play. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt's a must play. Travis Kelsey's a must play. So, so the really only guy worth talking about is Sammy Watkins, uh, as, as a potential wide receiver three or flex. Um, and, you know, in, in a game that's got to shoot out to it already, I do think there's some viability in, you know, potentially looking at Sammy Watkins. Nice. All right. Well, let's, uh, yeah, that's a team. You're pretty much power numbers out to Wazoo and you're playing players on the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I think they continue. Um, and, uh, kind of coming off of that Cincinnati game that I thought was going to be a much more of a, a you know, kind of a, 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 a tough matchup for them, and they made it look easy. So I think they're going to steamroll over Denver, who looked good last week, but they were playing Arizona. So let's go on to the next game, and that will be the Cleveland Browns are heading to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, uh, obviously uh, an old rivalry here of close uh, neighbors. Um, Cleveland Browns, let's start there. Pretty exciting. We'll start with the running back. Obviously, as we talked about with Hyde being gone, uh, the real question last week is how is the usage with Nick Chubb versus Duke Johnson Jr. going to play out? Um, And I think, you know, I'll let you talk to it a little bit, but I think it was definitely promising for, for both guys. Uh, Duke Johnson didn't really light it up for fantasy owners last week. Um, but he, uh, you know, just he, he, he's doing a lot better than he was the previous uh, weeks when Hyde was kind of the, the lead back. Uh, what do you expect in this matchup? What do you expect moving forward? Um, where do, how do you feel is it based on your rankings? How is Nick Chubb? Is he a running back too? What, where is Duke Johnson fall in the mix? Yeah, um, so I don't think anything was crazy in what happened. I just don't think, you know, Duke Johnson produced to the level we probably thought he should have or would have. Um, you know, Nick Chubb rushed for 80 yards and a touchdown. When he's in when he's in the lineup, they're likely to run the football or run play action with him. They're not going to ask him to do too much. Uh, you know, they're not asking for too much in terms of him in the pass game or pass blocking, they're pretty much strictly asking him to be a runner and a hammer. So I, I do think, you know, that's a situation that plays pretty well to, you know, Chubb's strengths at this time um, in his NFL career. Uh, Duke Johnson's going to be the guy when they need to play catch up football, when they want to throw the football, 
Um, I do think against the Steelers, you are going to see a little bit more Duke Johnson than you do see Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb's probably an RB2, uh, especially in standard leagues. And, and then, you know, Duke Johnson's got some flex appeal in PPR. Um, and I think that's how it's going to shake out for the majority of the season. You're really going to be looking for touchdowns from sort of Nick Chubb that you were looking for sort of similarly with Carlos Hyde. Uh, and we just got to see if they if he can ascend and do more and sort of take more work away from Duke Johnson. But uh, against the Steelers at home, I do think they're going to be able to put up points, which puts Duke in a good spot. Uh, when you look at the passers, I, I do think Baker Mayfield, um, you know, had his best game of the season. You know, rushed for three hundred or passed for three hundred and forty-two yards, but added some rushing yards, and that helped his fantasy day sort of in a big way. Um, if he's providing 20 or 30 rushing yards, he's going to give you a little Alex Smith plus if his wide receivers can continue to uh, develop. But the wide receiver core there is, you know, thin to say the least. Um, you know, you need one of these guys to really ascend uh, beyond Jarvis Landry. Um, so I, I think our – Great play, but everybody else, it's a wait and see. Yeah. Do you think uh, – quick question. Duke Johnson Jr., you think this is a nice matchup for him? A couple games ago, you had mentioned how you think Alshon Jeffrey's got a uh, rough matchup against Ramsey. Uh, in your flex spot, would you um, would you play uh, Duke Johnson over uh, Alshon Jeffrey? I would say I'm asking for a friend, but I'm not. I'm asking for myself. Yeah, it depends on the scoring system. So if it's PPR, uh, I'd go Duke Johnson. If it's standard, I'm going Alshon Jeffrey because I think he has a greater, you know, touchdown odd. I like it. All right. Val Verde. Sweet times. Ooh, it's a little frozen, this beer. Um, All right. I'm going to just give a quick shout-out to the beers I'm drinking tonight. Got a special one here from a local brewery uh, in Chicago. So goddamn local that they literally are about 200 yards away from where I live. Uh, this brewery called Illuminated Brew Works. Uh, this beer is called Junior Astronaut, Astronaut Juice. It's a double dry hopped IPA. Um, real hazy, real juicy, uh, only 6%. Uh, good times. I really like this brewery. These guys have these parties. Um, over down the block. They had one on Saturday night. Uh, it's just a cool brewery. They don't have a brew sh- uh, pub yet. They basically do a lot of bombers. They're canning some stuff, but they're an up-and-comer. Uh, if you're ever if you're in Chicago and you ever see their stuff, um, usually it's going to be more of a Benny's than a you know, Jewel or whatnot, but definitely pick them up. They are going to be someone to watch in the brewery world over the coming years. Um, so I love that beer. I love that brewery. Uh, let's go over to the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off a of bye week. Um, what do you think, uh, Ben, um, at home? Uh, James Conner, we thought, we were told, we heard that uh, Le'Veon Bell was going to come back last week, uh, say hi to his old friends, and hope that everything was all forgotten uh, and then we figure out whether Connor keeps the uh, some of the load and is a, is a, is shares uh, some of the running with uh, Le'Veon Bell, or if they say, "All right, Connor, we're going to run this fucker into the ground, chill out for a little bit, learn, watch, we'll give you some carries here. You're our back to the future." Um, 
let's go. But that didn't happen. Uh, still no word. No one knows what this guy is doing. At this point, it does look like he's not coming back, to, in my opinion, until week 11, uh, which is the week he's got to be back by to incur a season so that he can be a free agent, do whatever the hell he wants next year. Um, all right, what do you think in this matchup against Cleveland, who's uh, actually, you know, pretty solid uh, pretty solid defense, at least when it comes to uh, – actually, they're giving up a lot of yards, but you, you see what's happening with uh, some of their young pieces – uh, and they're, they're keeping the points serviceable. These guys are pretty uh, – uh, Steelers and Browns are pretty evenly matched on how many points they're letting up a game. Yeah, well, you look at this, and uh, Cleveland's just had so many overtime games and high-leverage situations uh, that the defense is playing so many snaps, but on a per-snap basis, you know, those guys are playing really good football. Um, but – you know, the Steelers off a of bye. James Conner was able to run all over them in week one, you know, rushed for 135 yards, two touchdowns, you know, also contributed uh, big time in the passing game with 57 receiving yards. Um, you know, he's been consistent, you know, on the season. And now that there's no Le'Veon Bell for another week, you're sticking James Conner in your lineup as a top five running back, and you're not thinking twice about it. Uh, and then you're doing the same with sort of Antonio Brown. You're sticking him in the lineup as a wide receiver one. You're sticking Juju in as a you know uh, wide receiver two. You're sticking um, you know Ben Roethlisberger in your lineups at home. You know coming off a of bye week, I think this is a great spot to play him. So I'm pretty much all in on the Steelers' offense, even though uh, the defense can be a little bit tougher uh, than we expected to maybe start the season. Um, the, the real question is, if you're looking for a streamer at the tight end position, can you play Vance McDonald? And I do think this is a good spot to play him. You look at how uh, Pittsburgh distributes receptions and how, um, you know, uh, the Browns allow it, and I do think the tight end spot is a good one to exploit. Um, so I, I would be comfortable starting Vance McDonald at tight end. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to mention here? I'm pretty sure uh, Juju Smith um, probably going to get 100-yard games in his career. He's played the Browns three times, and he's gotten 100 yards, over 100 yards receiving each of those matchups. Uh, so that's a good sign for Juju owners. Uh, anything else to drop on this one? No, nope, that's it. All right, let's go to the next game, and that's going to be the Washington Redskins, another interdivision matchup heading to the New York Giants. Giants, man, they're just looking uh, looking pretty beat up at one and six. Uh, a lot of uh, question marks in Pat Shermer's um, approach and watching that game the other night. It just um, – it, 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 I'm no head coach, but it, it just when he went for two earlier in that game, uh, instead of just kicking that extra point, it just felt like uh, that was gonna that was gonna uh, be trouble. Even though, in all honesty, uh, OBJ should have caught the pass. So let's go to the Redskins. Uh, what's going on there? Alex Smith, uh, Adrian Peterson, the rest of the guys. Um, kind of a tough fantasy season for him. Yeah. Uh... You know, the Redskins don't have much to speak of from the wide receiver position right now, and it's making Alex Smith's life tougher, and they're just sort of playing defense and running the ball. 
you know, with Adrian Peterson, who looks rejuvenated. You haven't had Chris Thompson uh, for the last couple weeks. You haven't had, um, you know, Jamison Crowder uh, at wide receiver. You've also been missing Josh Dotson at times here over the last couple weeks and Paul Richardson. So it's just a lot of moving pieces and no continuity for Alex Smith. Um, in this one, it does look like a pretty good matchup for him. I just worry about the weapons uh, that he has um, because, you know, uh, it, it's just not there. And is like Jordan Reed hasn't been a guy who's been highly targeted, even when we talk about all these injuries. So it, it's just concerning, but I do think, you know, Jordan Reed's going to have a pretty good game here against the Giants. I do think he's in play. And I do think, you know, you traded Snacks Harrison today for a fifth-round pick. He's one of the best run-stuffing defensive tackles, nose guards in the league. Um, that's going to open up a lot of room for Adrian Peterson to work. Um, so I expect you know Washington to have pretty good control of this game, push the ball uh, down the field with the run game, and whatever comes off of it comes off of it. But I do think the play-action game is going to work out pretty well for them this week. You know, with Adrian Peterson, I like Adrian Peterson as a start. Uh, besides that, I don't think I'm touching anybody else. And I'm not starting Alex. Let's move over to the New York Giants. Um, <laughs> Eli Manning, obviously uh, kind of a whipping whipping post for a lot of the one and six start. Pretty much available on any waiver wire that I'm in. Um, but did almost uh, pop over 400 yards uh, last week. What are your thoughts on him? And then I'll just let you do your thing on Barkley Beckham. And, uh, you know, now we've got uh, uh, Ingram back. Yeah, I really think you're starting Odell. You're starting Saquon. Um, but other than that, you're looking at the secondary pieces. You know, Sterling Shepard had a career high in yardage at 167 last week. Um Last meeting, he scored a touchdown against the Redskins. He's been, you know, pretty serviceable on the season. But with Evan Ingram back, uh, I think those two guys are the guys who are really intertwined. Um, I don't, I like. I'm not excited about Evan Ingram right now. Even though Washington, you know, typically is a pretty good spot for opposing tight ends. Um, their linebacking and safety cores usually just struggles to keep them in check. But uh, I do, I think he's very touchdown dependent, and Eli Manning is just not throwing touchdowns right now. He's averaging one a game on the season. Oh. Uh, the, the yardage has been there. Um, but, you know, nothing else is really coming back with that. But I just think you're starting your studs and any fringe players you're going to avoid against what looks like a pretty good defense Uh you know, in the Washington Redskins. Cool. All right, let's um, move on from that game. And But before we do, do us a favor. Listen to this word. All right, Seattle Seahawks at Detroit. Um, Seahawks coming off a bye week, but the week before, uh, it kind of looked like uh, days of old. Um, again, it was against Oakland, but it kind of uh, looked like that Russell Wilson scrambling around, getting things done. 
um, and looking like the right Russell Wilson that was probably one of the top three, four QBs off the board um, over the last three drafts um, for fantasy football owners. But even still this year, a highly, highly picked guy um, on draft boards. What do you think, uh, obviously going up against uh, Detroit, um, having an up-and-down season themselves? We'll start with the Seahawks. Let's start with Russell, and then let me know what's going on with um, with the running back situation uh, here. It seems like a crowded house, but in all honesty, everyone seems to be getting some stuff done. Yeah, uh, so the running back situation is where you're really starting with this team. Chris Carson over his past three is averaging over 100 scrimmage yards a game. Uh, you know, he's had a couple hundred-yard rushing games over the last stretch, so I, I think you're locking him into the lineup. Uh, I'm interested to see how they sort of mix in Rashad Penny and Mike Davis um, at the running back position behind uh, Chris Carson. You know, especially coming off a of bye week, you've had more time to work with uh, a penny. You've got some ideas for him. Maybe he's shy away from Mike Davis, but Davis has been a guy who's been able to find the end zone uh, over the last three games. So uh, I'm not starting either of them because I do think they cancel each other out a bit, and there's a chance that they, uh, you know, move roles a little bit there. Um, I've heard a little bit of uh, some rumor and. Who knows these days? Everyone's got an opinion, and with social media and all the different sites out there, there's there's actually a platform for a lot of people who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, sometimes that person's me, but um, Mike Davis, uh, I've heard that he might be a trade candidate. Um, some teams that are needing uh, running back action, even kind of heard his name being brought up uh, at possibly going to the Patriots. Uh, any anything there? I mean, he's kind of a practice team guy. Uh, been bounced. He's bounced around a little bit. Uh, could you see that uh, being a move that the Seahawks would make? I mean, you're not getting much for him, or do they just uh, stay pat? Uh, I mean, I think if you're getting anything out of Mike Davis, if you're getting a sixth or a seventh round pick, I think it's worth the gamble for the Seahawks to try and you know restock the coffers as they head forward into the future. I. I just don't know um, if that's something that's going to come to fruition here. Um, yeah, it seems like that kind of like seem would, would be similar to the move that actually the Browns just did where they got rid of – they didn't get much for Hyde. They're like, you know what? Chubb looks good. We drafted him high. Of course, the woman that lives above me is moving around furniture right now. Um, why not – you know, almost – it's almost like addition by subtraction where you get rid of Davis so we don't have to – keep playing him because he's doing pretty well and see what we got in our first round pick uh, in, in, in Penny. So um, I don't know, just food for thought. Uh, Mike Davis, if he's, uh, if he's, if something like that does happen, you know, here's what I would say, just in general as a strategic move for you, pay attention, always have your phone. I, I get alerts sent to me um, based on a lot of teams and uh, a lot of different apps, whether it's the NFL ones, sleeper bot, what have you. Um, but be ready. If something happens between now and uh, the trade deadline next week and one of these guys goes to a situation, again, not saying Mike Davis is all that, but if, if, if a guy like Belichick wants him and all of a sudden he's there, uh, I like him more than Kenyon Barner. Um, just keep an eye on this because you might you got to pounce quickly if it's past the, uh, the, the claims period 
Uh, there's going to be some more action with some guys that might be available on the waiver wire. Could be, not going to, could be. Um, and if you pounce, you might fall into uh, a lucky little thing. Another guy I feel about that a little bit, um, I'll just say it now while we're talking about it. I feel like Alfred Morris could, could be a traded candidate. Um, he's a guy that, that's available on a lot of waiver wires, kind of gets picked up and then dropped a lot. Um, but Alfred Morris is a guy that I could see transferring teams here. Um, to give a little more, uh, a little more opportunity for Raheem um, Mostrad or whatever you say his last name. Um, so just be be ready to pounce and make some moves. Uh, these are tertiary players, but when you're talking about the running back position with all the injuries that happen, uh, we've seen it already this year. All of a sudden, one guy goes down, and uh, a dude that was a practice squatter a year and a half ago is now putting up fantasy points. Uh, all right, go on to the wide receivers. I'll let you kind of close out the Seahawks and do your thing, Stag Party. Yeah, uh, the Seahawks, I think Doug Baldwin, uh, another week healthier is going to help him. Uh, Tyler Lockett as the deep threat, uh, but probably likely covered by Darius Slay in this matchup. So I do like Baldwin in the slot as the guy who gets the most action. Um, but Russell Wilson, they're just playing so tight to the vest that it makes it hard for me to, you know, trust starting him right now. Um, the rest of the guys, you know, tertiary players, uh, David Moore, I think we need to see his continued ascension before you can just stick him in the lineup. Uh, and the tight end positions, you know, suffered a couple losses there. Uh, I don't think anybody's, you know, really fantasy viable uh, heading into this week. All right, let's go over to the other side. Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia's got this team three and three coming off a, uh, uh, a nice offensive performance against Miami. Stafford's been a real letdown for fantasy owners throughout the season. Usually at least you're getting the yards there. Those are down. Uh, TDs are pretty uh, middling, okay at best. Um, but I think people that drafted him uh, and they, late, you know, he got him at a value, uh, what a perceived value, um, you kind of, if you've wrote, if you've ridden with him throughout this year, um, he's probably got you in a place where you're not standing with the great lineup unless you're stacked uh, elsewhere. But uh, Stafford, a real letdown season, a guy that usually kind of outperforms and is, is in there in that kind of top uh, seven or eight uh, quarterback, sometimes even moving a little higher. Uh, can he turn his season around? Are they figuring it out now that they got carry on Johnson? Uh, and they kind of just said, hey, we're going all in on that. Is Stafford a, a bounce back uh, by low second half candidate? Or do you think just with the new offense, and it's not a new offense, same offensive coordinator, um, still there, but what do, you, what, do, what, do, what, do you, what do you think with Stafford for this matchup, but also with the Lions because they are – a team, especially a wide receiver, everywhere. They're running back. They've got a lot of talent that a lot of people are rostering and even starting, but um, you just don't know which way it's going to go each week, you know? Yeah, with Stafford, though, I, I don't even feel like he's a letdown. He's averaging 17.3 fantasy points a game, which is higher than last season and in line with his 2016 season. A lot of it just has to do with sort of the explosion of other quarterbacks. Um, So so Stafford's doing what he's always done. He's averaging two touchdowns a game, like 250 passing yards. So, you know, the numbers have been good, not great, but with everybody else exploding, uh, it's hard to stick them in your lineup as a weekly, 
you know, QB one, but you know, when he plays good offenses and when they have to play this brand of football where they spread it out and, and get it out to the wide receivers, there's not many quarterbacks who have a better wide receiver core than Matthew Stafford. Uh, you know, I think you can start Tate as a wide receiver too. You can start Galladay as a fringe wide receiver too. And then Marvin Jones is a flex play that you're trying to pick your spots in. Um, You know, this week, uh, that's pretty much how I have them, you know, rated, uh, you know, against the Seahawks. There's no true shutdown corner or shutdown defense anymore. So I'm not really worried about any of those matchups. It's just Marvin Jones is real touchdown dependent or big play dependent. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the next matchup, and that's going to be Tampa Bay Buccaneers are headed to Cincinnati. Um, I'll let you kind of uh, run with it a little bit. Cincinnati's uh, defense is actually letting up a lot of yards, um, and they're actually letting up a lot of points. Um, but the same thing can be said uh, for – the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are definitely giving up a lot of points as a defense and, you know, giving up uh, a lot of, a lot of almost 420 yards a game as well. So w- w- what do you see happening in this game? We'll start with the Buck side. Winston finally uh, kind of getting in his groove. Uh, seems like he's been putting up some, uh, some nice, some nice games. Uh, you know, he even had uh, some nice rushing action going on last week uh, with 55 yards and a TD. Yeah, uh, Jameis Winston's been playing pretty well. He's a a guy who's going to turn the ball a little bit over, uh, turn the ball over a bit, you know, when tasked with a lot of, you know, responsibilities. But, you know, this is a pass-first offense that's, you know, trying to push the ball down the field. Jameis Winston hasn't been as good pushing the ball down the field as, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He really hasn't hit any of these deep passes yet this season. But I expect that to, to be something that they're working on and, uh, you know, expecting it to hit a little bit here over the next, you know, couple weeks. Um, you know, this is a game that lines up great for fantasy. Both these teams have bad offenses with pretty good defenses or bad defenses with pretty good offenses that you want pieces of. So this is going to be a game that people in DFS are targeting for game stacks. Uh, and there's a lot of good plays in this one because there's really no area in which you need to sort of fade away. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, Jameis Winston should be in your lineups. Mike Evans is in your lineups. Um, you know, Deshaun Jackson's, you know, right there in flex range along with Chris Godwin. You just kind of pick and choose who you think is going to be the guy to go off. But I do think, you know, they're going to get on the same page with the deep shot here sooner rather than later. So I like Deshaun Jackson this week. O.J. Howard, uh, you know, just been, you know, very good on the season. No, nothing, you know, too out of the ordinary for him. Uh, but he seems to be an ascending player. This is a pass-first offense. I mean, you know, Peyton Barber missing today in practice. So you're looking at, you know, potentially Ronald Jones back there. As the starting running back, I don't think I want anything to do with that, but the volume could be there. Um, He'd be like a dark throw flex play for me if Peyton Barber were to miss, but I don't really want any of the running backs. I want pieces of the passing game sort of uh, for the Buccaneers offense going forward. And, you know, Winston's 
a, a hard sit any given week because no matter who they're facing, we know they're going to have to be a passing team. Winston cracks me up. When I'm watching him, dude, he, 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 it looks like he's literally playing flag football with his buddies on a, a hungover Sunday. Um, I agree. He's, he, he's a great player, obviously, first overall, playing well, putting up fantasy points, hard sit. But there's just something – there's a loosey-goosey, flimsy approach to him on almost every play that isn't a, a handoff. That it's just he's such a li- he's such a live wire. Uh, once he's got that ball in his hands and it's his turn to make a play, it's uh, it, it's pretty funny to watch. Fun and funny to watch. I'm not trying to give him shit, but he's just he's, when he pulls the ball in and starts running, it's just hilarious. Uh, God, that guy's fun. Um, anyway, let's go over to the Cincinnati Bengals side. Um, is Dalton still on that uh, on, on the hot streak? Uh, you know, he's on waiver wire three weeks ago, and now I've been noticing uh, he's a starter in most uh, most of my leagues. Um, is, is he still on his way, or things coming down? Um, well, he was absolutely awful against Kansas City. They just couldn't get anything. Yeah, you know, going on offense. I think he scored like seven fantasy points uh, in a in a league I do with no fractional. Um, so that was fun, <laughs> especially when I sat Winston for him. Um, you know, not the greatest outcome, but the matchup was there, and the matchups here again. You know, the Tampa Bay defense allowing nearly 420 yards a game. Uh, over 30 points a game. They give it up to all positions. Um, you, So I'm starting Andy Dalton. I'm starting Joe Mixon. I'm starting A.J. Green. And I, I don't think there's any question about the last two I mentioned. The guy who's most on the fringe is Andy Dalton. And then you look at like guys like Tyler Boyd, who you know got off to a great start this season, but you know they didn't even look his way last week. He ended up with an underwhelming performance. Uh, C.J. Zoma, you know, with with no Croft and, and no Eifert, he's going to be a guy you're sticking in your lineup. Uh, had a touchdown last week. But I, I think if you're looking for a team to stream from, you're looking for that wide receiver three, you're looking for a tight end, uh, the Bengals are one of those places you want to look. Uh, the, the Buccaneers are just bad against opposing you know, tight ends. So that that's an area I'm looking to exploit uh, with, you know, CJ Zoma. They're giving up the most fantasy points a game to opposing tight ends. Oh, that's good to know. Um, Joe Mixon, you know, I, I love the guy. Um, he's, he, he, he's performing, obviously. He got injured for those uh, two, three weeks or whatever. But it looks like he's got a ceiling on him. Um, that I didn't foresee. He doesn't seem like he's got that explosive uh, take the top off, uh, have a really big game kind of player. Is that just um, kind of a happenstance and a situation uh, this season and the games that he's had kind of finding his way since the injury? Or is that something you think is just going to kind of be the, uh, you know, the markings of this player, um, this year and moving on, you know, he's, he's a consistent guy, but he's never just going to go nutty on you. Uh, you know, save for last year a little bit, maybe more. Is, is Mixon more like a Mark Ingram type um, where you like him and you like the productivity, but you just can never expect him to just kind of be your weak winner? 
Yeah, right now it is looking like that. I don't know if it's going to be uh, something that continues. You know, Mixon was a game-breaker at the collegiate level. We just have not seen anything close to that uh, so far this season over the last couple of you know, years. They're, uh, they're just – he's getting – like 80 to 120 scrimmage yards on a weekly basis. Um, besides that, you know, touchdowns have been there for him at times. Uh, but I, I we, we haven't seen this real transcendent breakout game, and I, I don't know if we're going to. Uh, you know, in this one it could be, though. Tampa Bay just gives up fantasy points across the board. So – um, if you're looking for a week for Joe Mixon to break out, you know, this could be it. <laughs> uh, AJ Green, a little milestone, uh, needs four receptions in this week's game, uh, to join only in the history of the NFL, only Marvin Harrison and Larry Fitzgerald as the only players in NFL history with 600 receptions and 60 touchdowns in their first 110 games. Uh, so that's good company to be in for A.J. Green. Um, I figure he will get those four catches. Uh, impressive stuff. His numbers are a little bit lagging, those guys. Um, maybe not as much Larry Fitzgerald in the touchdown department. But um, A.J. Green, always productive. I love that. He's probably my second favorite player in the league. Uh, ah, him and Julio are neck and neck. I love watching A.J. play. Let's go to... The Jets are coming here to Chicago, play at Soldier Field. I was thinking about going to the game, but I just found out my godson is going to be in town. Um, And uh, I'm pretty much obligated to go hang out with him. Uh, I'd be a real deadbeat godfather if I love going to the tailgate and go to the Jets-Bears game uh, when I haven't seen this kid in almost nine months. So, uh (laughs) Enough about me, and let's talk about this game. New York Jets, uh, what do you see uh, foresee happening? Uh, Bears, uh, the defense obviously started out gangbusters, still looking good, but it seems like they're letting up a little more points, a little more yards. Um, you know, their schedule's pretty tough, but is this one where we they're going to be able to kind of make the Jets look like the Jets, or um, have, they, have they evened out a little bit after the, the Mac buzz? Um, from the start of the season. Yeah, this this one, uh, if the Jets were healthy, I'd feel a lot better about it, but they lost Bilal Powell to a neck, neck injury uh, that could you know end up threatening his career, so wish him well um, and his recovery. So it does look like Isaiah Crowell is going to be the guy you want at the running back position, but he's banged up. The Bears are the only team in the NFL that haven't allowed a rushing touchdown yet this season. So even if he is the only guy back there, he's not somebody I really want to start as he's sort of touchdown dependent, um, you know, to have a nice fantasy day. The rest of the guys, you look at the uh, pass weapons for Sam Darnold, um, and, and it's just going to be thin because – you know, Robbie Anderson's a little banged up. Uh, you know, Quincy Noon was likely out this this one again. So they're just really banged up uh, across the board that I'm that I want nearly nothing to do with this offense uh, this week. Jermaine Curse was an interesting guy. Um, you know, last week in DFS uh, for a lot of people, but I, 
you know, he put up a, a zero spot. So, so uh, the, the real guy he might want most to do with is Chris Herndon at tight end. Uh, if you're, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel there. <laughs> uh, nice. Um, yeah, who, who replaces Powell? I know that we were on a thread with uh, some of our guys uh, earlier today, and um, Wheeler had said um, he's keeping his eye on Elijah. Um, McGuire. Yeah. The thing is, McGuire's not back this week. Um, he's back next week. You know, potentially he's on IR designated to return, so we'll oh, yeah. see if he's able to get back uh, active and healthy. Uh, but until then, I, I do think I would make a late, you know, your Sunday morning pickup where you can hold the guy and see what happens um, until next week. Uh, now that's a potential move I'd make uh, because I do think McGuire is an explosive rusher uh, and, you know, does enough as a wide receiver, as a receiver that he can replace a, a lot of the production of Bilal Powell. But, yeah, Bilal Powell's been pretty good in his career, sort of always underrated. Um, but it looks like that career might be cut a little short. Yeah, that's a bummer. All right, let's go over to the Bears' side of the ball. Um, you know, coming off that, uh, that tough loss to uh, Patriots last week, Mitchell Trubisky in his first, what, 16 games had, you know, some crazily low number of like nine touchdowns. Uh, and then now over the past two or three, um, he's pretty much equaled that. Uh, Trubisky in a, in a redraft format, uh, is, he, is he proved enough that he's a starter? Is this a matchup that, that keeps that going for him? Or uh, you just, you're kind of flipping a coin and you don't know when he's going to do it or when he's not? What, what are your thoughts on Trubisky? And then uh, give us your kind of outlook on the backfield and such. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup for Mitchell Trubisky going forward. Uh, you know, you look at his stats, he, he's a borderline QB1. Um, you know, for me and Wheeler this week, I, I do think uh, he's got the opportunity to do a lot of nice things against the Jets, who are also banged up on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so that's, you know, a good spot to exploit if you're looking for a streamer at the quarterback position. You have one of those guys uh, on bye week. If Mitch is still available, uh, I think you can go back to him and like your options there. Um, you know, in the backfield, Jordan Howard just hasn't been getting enough consistent carries uh, to feel good about. But then, you know, he scores two bunny touchdowns last week, uh, has some touchdown deodorant, and all is right with the world. Um, yeah, is that something from like an old spice commercial? Who, what? I, I think that's who got. I think that's from like Pianowski, uh, or Andy Barnes. I don't remember exactly, so I'm sorry for not attributing it to you. But it is a, uh, it, it's a real thing. They can make your day a lot less smelly. <laughs> I love it. All right, keep going. I'll, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll just let you do your thing here. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to do one thing for me. Go for it. Yeah, uh, Tariq Cohen's been the guy 
you know, who's really ascended over the last couple of weeks. They're using him as a rusher and a receiver. Uh, there's nothing to sort of dislike from his game in this one. The only thing you could dislike is if you think the Bears, you know, get up early and then, uh, you know, keep keep it rolling. Um, so, you know, I'm starting both of the backs. Uh, both of them is either RB2s or flexes uh, just because this offense is performing you know, so well right now. Um, and then uh, at wide receiver, Allen Robinson had a down week last week, you know, battling injury, battle, battling a groin hip area injury. Um, so that's something we need to watch to see how it progresses. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Trey Burton was the real standout star of that game. I think you can go back to him and continue riding, you know, the hot hand. I think they realized during their bye week that he was a guy they had to get, you know, much more acclimated in the offense. Um, so, and yeah, Scott, the one thing, while he hasn't had as many opportunities that I think his draft capital and a lot of our, what we foresaw out of him, um, as a free agent signing for the Bears and, and just filling a need that was blatant hole for us. Uh, he is ranked, he is with TDs. He's uh, ranked second uh, currently amongst TDs uh, with four. So he's getting it done in the end zone. And I agree. If he can start, you know, he had nine catches last week. If he can, if he can start getting those catches in those yards and, and, and keep being that end zone uh, producer, I, I foresee a nice, um, I think we get what we thought we might have had or what many of the owners that drafted him kind of is like he was a top five tight end drafted uh, pretty much in any league this year. Um, so I think uh, if you held on to him, which you probably did, um, I think good things are, are ahead for all trade burden owners. Yeah. Um, I'm actually pretty okay with starting pretty much anyone you want from the bears offense. If Allen Robinson's happen to be held out, I do think uh, Anthony Miller becomes an intriguing pick-up-and-play option this weekend. Uh, it's probably something we won't hear about till at least Friday. Oh, I wanted Kevin White to catch that Hail Mary. So well, he did. God, it was just like when he caught that, it, was, it looked so close, but not his fault. A bunch of dudes were there. It just didn't really work out. But that would have been uh, – that would have been great for his uh, a little bit of redemption uh, for um, you know uh, what we can honestly say at this point is uh, has been just an awful career and uh, he's a bust. Uh, but it would have been nice nice for him to get that win. So Kev White, I still love you, buddy. Uh, wish your career would have turned out a little bit better. Um, look before we go to this next game, do me a favor and listen to this. All right, Baltimore Ravens at the Carolina Panthers. We'll start with the Ravens. Uh, one thing that surprised me when when looking uh, today uh, in one of my leagues, uh, somebody traded John Brown straight up for Andrew Luck. And I was like, God, ugh, why would that guy take John Brown? I Having a great season, you know, in the half-point PPR. He's the 22nd um, wide receiver ahead of a bunch of bigger names, guys like Landry. Um, and uh, he, he's, he's producing, coming off of, uh, his best game of the season. Uh, let's talk about these wide receivers first. Um, in this matchup against the Panthers, 
Are you, are you liking any of these guys, the way that Flacco's been um, throwing, getting a lot of passing yards, or is this a tough one for them? Uh, it's sort of mixed reviews. I think it's going to be tougher on both sides. Uh, when I look at the Baltimore Ravens uh, on offense, though, I, I do prefer John Brown and his schedule you know, upcoming makes him one of the best trade targets uh, at the wide receiver position. So if somebody's selling John Brown, uh, I- I'm a guy who'd be looking to buy to solidify a wide receiver three spot. Um, you know, Crabtree is still viewed as, you know, potentially the number one wide receiver on this team, but Brown, that gives Brown, you know, the opportunity for prime cornerback matchups. And the Carolina Panthers sort of play a brand of defense with a lot of, you know, cover three zone that allows for players with speed uh, to take advantage of them. Um, So I I do think John Brown's the play of wide receivers, um, you know, going forward. Cool. Uh Let's talk about Flacco. Let's talk about the uh, Collins versus Javoris Allen. Um, and then, you know, I think we can pretty much uh, move on unless you want to talk about uh, the the tight end position, which seems to be a different dude every week. Um, one, of their, one of their eight tight ends yeah. Yeah, doing something. Uh, Matt Williams this week has a touchdown. Mark Andrews has a touchdown. Yeah. Um, the next guy, I'm waiting for them to be like, Pitta's hip is, is healed, and he just scored a touchdown for the Ravens. <laughs> At this point, I wouldn't write anything off uh, anybody scoring from the Ravens' tight end position. Uh, and running back, I, I think you're at best starting um, – Alex Collins is a low-end RB2 and sort of hoping for a a short touchdown, but those opportunities also go to, uh, you know, Javorius Allen far too often. Um, um, It's just not exciting to me from a run game standpoint right now. It's hard to, you know, count on either of these guys being – you know, the real standouts, uh, I'm, I'm not really liking either of the options, uh, at the wide receiver or at the running back position for this team this week. Should we just move over to the other side of the action? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, so the Carolina Panthers, we talked about their hot fourth quarter, uh, last week against the, um, Philadelphia Eagles, Christian McCaffrey, um, you know, since his one big game rushing, uh, basically all his other games are equal to that uh, on far more carries. So he, he hasn't really progressed as a rusher except outside of one game. Um, but, you know, his viability in PPR leagues that he catches passes and he's going to continue to catch passes. So, you know, I like, I'm liking them. Cam Newton. Uh, even against a tough Baltimore Ravens defense, I think he's in your lineup as a QB one weekly. Um, you know, s- since week one, he has at least two touchdown passes in every single week this season, and he's you know had at least uh, twenty nine rushing yards in every game. So, you know, Cam's rushing is just providing you a real nice floor on a weekly basis. 
that you're ending up starting him. Devin Funches has been, you know, a, a good wide receiver, two, three flex play. So, so I'm sticking with him in that range. Um, it, it, I do, I don't foresee this being a, t- a great game. I think this is going to want to be, be one of those games that's uh, one of those slobber knocker. A lot of hitting, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of defense. So if you're into that. That's the sort of thing you're into, which I'm not in fantasy football. Um, anyone else? Curtis Samuel had a touchdown uh, last week coming back from an injury. Is there anything there for him? Or, again, is this just kind of it, – it's kind of Newton uh, and, and Christian McCaffrey, uh, right? I mean, yeah. gets it done here and there, but definitely a, a, a bit of a, a, a risky guy. I, obviously, he's progressed as a player plenty, but um, – He's six. He's a he's a five for fifty, and you're hoping for a touchdown. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Greg Olson's been back and been pretty good over the last couple weeks. You know, scored a touchdown, so he's a guy you're looking in the back end, tight end one range. Um, other than that, I, I think the plays here are pretty clear. Uh, you're sort of watching and seeing with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. They're still being sort of passed over uh, in, in favor of other options uh, at the running back position or at the wide receiver position. They're playing sort of old vets over these young, explosive athletes. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next game. Indianapolis Colts heading to Oakland to uh, two teams that uh, aren't aren't getting much done in the win column, but the fantasy, uh, fantasy gods and the fantasy uh, production gods are, uh, are, are shining their, their, their light on the Colts um, in many ways. Colts are putting up points. Um, start with luck. Obviously Mac uh, probably had his best game of his career. And um, tell me, tell me what you think can go on with this team. Hilton, is he healthy enough to get some things going? Uh, give me the lowdown. I know Hilton had a couple of short touchdowns, uh, last week, but he's almost turned into, um, you know, a Jarvis Landry type guy, uh, which is the invert of what we got to know, um, explosive Hilton by, uh, what are your thoughts on this team, um, at week eight, uh, kind of get, getting their gel coming together, uh, under Reich and what you think can happen against the Raiders, but also kind of what you think, uh, Colts, um, can do for the remainder of the season and people that own players in this team can expect? Um, yeah, the Colts right now are a team that's so pass game centric that you've got to like Andrew Luck. You've got to like uh, T.Y. Hilton, especially in a matchup here uh, against the Oakland Raiders, whose secondary is very exploitable. Um, so I'm certain Luck is a top five quarterback option this week. Um, you know, Hilton's a top 20 receiver locked in. I do think we could see some of those more dynamic downfield plays as he gets healthier, you know, recovering from hamstring injury uh, himself. Uh, the rest of the receivers I'm not really counting on. Uh, Jack Doyle returned to practice today. Ooh. So that's going to, you know, maybe take a hit on Eric Ebron, but Eric Ebron's playing so much slot for this team that you can't drop him or write him off. Um, 
you know, coming back uh, and, and still producing. So I, I like Eric Ebron, even if Jack Doyle's back. Um, Jack Doyle's going to be a underneath target, and you're looking for, you know, maybe a touchdown on him if you're absolutely desperate. But I think we're going to need to see it to believe it with Jack Doyle at this point. Um, and then the secondary receivers, you know, are all out of play for me. But Marlon Mack, his ability to do it as a rusher and a receiver, score some touchdowns last week, was very exciting. I, I think you should be looking Marlon Mack's way here again against the Raiders. I think he's another you know, top 20 option um, uh, this week. I think you want to be playing him. Okay. Just keep going. Uh, you, you're done with the Colts? Done with the Colts. Done with the Colts. Enough. Uh, let's move over to the Oakland Raiders. Obviously, we talked to being in the show. Omari Cooper, a goner. Uh, is there someone that can step up? Does Martavis Bryant now all of a sudden uh, become a guy that you're interested? In? Or um, just in general, is this offense uh, something you worry about? Uh, Marlon, I mean, uh, Marshawn Lynch done for the year. Um, a lot of talk in the waiver wire and on the uh, interwebs. Is it Doug Martin? Uh, is it Jay, is it Jalen? Um, wh- what are your thoughts on this team? There's, it's kind of like, it's almost like uh, a, a new season. You know, it's kind of like this, this is season uh, 2018B for the Raiders. Yeah. With the Raiders, um, you know, there's apparently question marks up and down the roster. So uh, it's hard to really love any of the plays. Uh, I think Jordy Nelson's a guy who ascends here. Um, you do get, uh, you should get a lot more stability in his targets, uh, you know, but it's likely to be distributed through Jared Cook, Martavis Bryant. Uh, I do think Bryant, if you're absolutely desperate for a pickup, you know, with some explosion, isn't the worst you could do. Um I'm just not going to go out writing about Martavis Bryant anymore because he's always burned me in the past. So me, too. Me, and him, me and him now have a uh, relationship where I'm just going to admit that he's there with upside and not talk too much about it. Um, you know, cool. Doug Martin, cool thing I posted, uh, just to, sorry to interrupt you, but cool thing I posted on um, on Twitter earlier today was an awesome rant from, uh, you know, an unknown Raiders tight end, Lee Smith, uh, in defense of Derek Carr. Uh, A lot of reports have come out that uh, he's lost the locker room. People saw him crying uh, after a sack where he got his ribs hit. Um, So check that out um, at at Pyromaniac. It's at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. Stag Party's uh, Twitter handle is at uh, pyro P Y R O stag S T A G. Uh, that's a great handle as well. So check that out. But I loved reading, um, what Lee Smith had to say about how bogus it was that, uh, Derek Carr, their leader, uh, one of the great men, uh, that, uh, that a lot of people on that team are like, shut up. I don't know who said this. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, when the blocking tight end comes out and stands up for you, it's got to feel real good. Um, <laughs> it's not the head coach or anything or anybody like that. 
Lee Smith, um, I know Lee Smith is a as a relief pitcher for the Cubs. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at running back, I think you're looking at Doug Martin as the guy who's likely to be a workhorse, uh, who, who's going to step into Marshawn Lynch's role, probably the goal line work. But the rest of the guys, we, you know, Jalen Richard, we probably know what his role is. He's going to be the passing back and the, uh, you know, hurry up pace back. Um, you know, you're, you should see a little bit more out of this DeAndre Washington, who uh, hasn't been active here, you know, this season. But, uh, you know, Doug Martin's the guy you want. Um, but he, right now, it's like a wait-and-see flex. Yeah, not, you can't be too excited about anything Raiders at the given moment, um, even in a matchup uh, against uh, the Colts, who – our, our middle middle of the road, nothing nothing awful, but uh, just tough to – you got to kind of wait and see with the Raiders, see how this, this all shakes out in uh, this, the second version of their season. Um, all right, let's move on. Unless you got anything else you want to talk about with them, which I doubt, let's go to the San Francisco 49ers are going down to State Farm Stadium in Arizona. Um, what do you expect here – from the 49ers, we'll start there. Yeah, the 49ers are playing okay football, I guess. Like, C.J. Beathard's been um, adequate. Uh, you know, he's running the offense pretty well. There's there's nothing to be, like, excited about. It, it's sort of a lost season. They're just getting by. Um, you look at what they have at – you know, wide receiver and running back, and it's a bit murky. Matt Breida, you know, had his worst game of the season, you know, struggling with injuries. Um, you know, he seems to be a guy who starts the game and then gets hurt. But, you know, Raheem Mostart, if he's uh, the guy, you know, if Breida's out, I think he's a must-start against the Cardinals. They're allowing a shit ton of fan fantasy points to opposing running backs, and if he's available on the waiver wire, uh, he's a guy you can slot into your RB two spot and get some instant production. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of moving aspects. Um, you know, wide receiver uh, Marquise Goodwin, you know, had a big game two weeks ago. Last week was sort of non-existent, probably getting Patrick Peterson this week because uh, they're not trading for him. Um, yeah, I think you're playing George Kittle here, and that's about it. Maybe C.J. Beathard in a two-quarterback league, but this isn't the greatest matchup uh, you know, from a fast, uh, passing game standpoint. Makes sense. And like you said, uh, if Breed is out, which it looks like is going to be the case, um, Raheem might be a, might be a good play, and then it seems like Shanahan's all over the place. Who knows? All of a sudden, this week, when you think Alfred Morris is is, is worthless, um, all of a sudden he's going to get a ton of carries and and be the guy. So I, I, I liked what you said here with the 49ers. It's kind of like they're just going through the motions. This is a lost season. Um, expectations uh, don't 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 put your fantasy future too deep in with the 49ers across the board. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, talk about a team. Uh, we like to, we always talk about how we like to get 
um, fantasy players on teams that get a lot of yards and on teams that score a lot of points. Um, this is a futile uh, situation for the Cardinals in both aspects. Not sure if it's the worst, but I think it's got to be. Scoring 13 points a game, and their offense is only putting up 220 yards of offense a game. Um, I mean, even talking about what we said with the 49ers lost season, they put up 22, 23 points a game and 360 yards per game. Uh, so that discrepancy is 140 yards a game and, you know, somewhere around 9, 10 points a game. And we think uh, – and they're both 1-6. and six. So the Cardinals, uh, obviously Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback, um, getting better each start, figuring it out. But this is uh, – it's a pretty much a bad time across the board uh, for the Cardinals and their uh, their offense. Let me know what you have to say about Rosen, Johnson, Larry, Kirk, and all these guys. Yeah, so the thing you're most excited about for the Cardinals is the move to Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator, uh, a guy who worked as a quarterback's coach under you know Bruce Arians. Um, you know, knows that style of offense. And if you were a David Johnson owner before, you've got to be much more excited that he's working with a guy that knows what he was really good at in 2016. You know, and he's going up against the 49ers this week. And that's an offense that's, or a defense that's exploitable with the run game. And they're exploitable with the, um, sort of pass game by running backs. So David Johnson should get off the schneid this week. He's been basically a short yardage back uh, on nearly every carry running into heavy boxes, um, you know, lots and lots of inside runs. Hopefully there's a little bit more diversity in how they're using David Johnson going forward because he can be a difference maker for a team that doesn't have a lot of them right now. Um, you know, especially on the outside and is still trying to get uh, Josh Rosen up to speed. But I do think if there's a guy who's an ascending offensive you know, mind, you've you got to like Byron Leftwich. Uh, um, he might not have been able to process uh, and get the ball out quickly because of his release, but can't say that guy wasn't smart and, you know, a pretty good prospect when he came out. You know, the rest of the team. I'm back. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Uh, sorry. I had it on mute. Yeah, the rest of the team. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald sort of got off the schneid a little bit, scored a touchdown last week. Uh, but that was garbage time. I'm not really counting on any of these guys to be uh, real playmakers outside of David Johnson. It's something we've got to see progress um, more as the season you know goes by. Larry Fitz, uh, another milestone mention. Uh, it, it, don't think it would happen in this game, but who knows? 135 receiving yards away um, from passing Terrell Owens as the number two receiver in yards uh, through the air. Uh, in the history of the NFL. So Larry Fitzgerald, uh, sometime in the next game or two or yeah, a couple games, maybe three if it is real dull, um, he will be uh, 
in his 15-year career. He'll be behind, way behind Jerry Rice, but he'll be behind Jerry Rice and be the number two uh, wide receiver in yards ever. Uh, awesome, awesome stat. I think that's probably the reason why he played this year more than anything else. Um, so I hope this, for Larry, I hope that it's not like um, kind of what it felt like with uh, Antonio Gates last year and his touchdown uh, milestone he was trying to hit. Um, hopefully, once he hits this thing, they don't uh, kind of shut him down and say, good career, we'll, we'll see you later. Um, quick question on Larry Fitzgerald. He's another guy whose name's being brought up. Uh, he hasn't asked for a trade. He's always going to be a class act. But another name that, you know, people are saying, could the Cardinals uh, try and move Larry Fitzgerald? Is there a market for him? Is it worth, you know, whatever you would get for a Larry Fitzgerald this deep in his career? Uh, what do you think? Is Larry going to finish his career as a Cardinal? Or could you see in the next week um, him, somebody saying, you know what, we want that guy. We'll take another two years and maybe invigorate his career and get him energized um, in a new setting um, to get a couple more seasons out of, uh, out of him and some more stats. To kind of move up more in in, in other uh, milestones, uh, he's he's in the top um, of so many different stat categories. But also get that guy a ring. You know, he had one Super Bowl opportunity, um, and with him and Bolden and, and Warner, and lost on that last play to San Antonio Holmes against Pittsburgh. What do you think? Is uh, Fitz going to be moved or is he staying pat? Put. I think he's staying put. I don't think they're. I think when he signed there, he told them that he wanted to retire there, and I think they're going to honor that. Cool. Um, anything else that you want to mention there? No, I think we're uh, I think we're good there, right? Yep. <clears throat> All right. Let's do our last. Um, let's do our last ad of the night, and uh, do us a favor and listen to this. All right, the Packers at the Rams. All right, we got the Packers who are, um, you know, obviously not having the season that they would have wanted. Their uh, their defense is um, it seems to be letting up a lot of uh, a lot of points, but they're having some good moments. And then you got the Los Angeles Rams, who are the favorite to win the Super Bowl and the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what are your expectations? in this game against this tough defense for Aaron and the, and, and, and the crew. Yeah. With Aaron, I think, you know, he hasn't played as well, uh, you know, this season as he has in the past, but then when you look at his numbers, uh, they're pretty damn gaudy. Um, 12 touchdowns, just one interception. Um, and then, you know, Devontae Adams has been a top five wide receiver. He's got six touchdowns on the season. Uh, Jimmy Graham's been a guy who's added a little bit and, you know, had his sort of 100-yard game back in week six. Uh, I, I I do think after a bye week, this Packers offense is going to have some things figured out. Uh, they're going to be uh, a little bit better. I do think McCarthy, you know, for as much flack as he gets, they do seem to come together when their backs are against the wall a bit. So, um I'm looking for this offense to sort of, you know, gel a little bit. And one of the ways I think they're going to do that is when they self-scouted, you know, they said they're going to run the ball more. And when they self-scouted, hopefully they realized they would stop running with 
uh, Jamal Williams and start running with, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, because I think that's going to be a big boost to their game and allow a lot of, uh, you know, different things to happen with that offense. So uh, I look for him to be more involved, but it's still, you know, I've got to see it to believe it. Um, they did say that they're going to do that, though, because, like you said, we've been talking about this for weeks, and it just doesn't seem like Mark McCarthy's uh, feeling the same way that uh, Aaron and the rest of us are. Yeah, they didn't say – they said specifically they need to get more rush attempts uh, is how they planned on fixing the run game. So they didn't say who they'd be going to. But, uh, you know, I, I think any smart team that did a self-scout has to realize – that Aaron Jones is by far their best uh, true runner um, going forward. Agreed. Um, let's go to the other other parts of this team. Like I said, Devontae Adams, lighting it up. He's been just awesome. Um, as a first-time Devontae Adams owner this year, um, I love that guy. Watching him is pretty awesome. He he is a tactician. Um, the routes he runs, he, he's just, he's just exciting to watch. You know, I'm a wide receiver guy and, um, just being a Bears fan and kind of always hating Aaron Rodgers and, and I don't dislike the Packers, but, uh, just have stayed away from him in many ways. Uh, Devontae Adams <clears throat> ain't no joke. Yeah. I think Devontae Adams is, you know, primed to have a, a great season. If he finishes as a top five wide receiver, uh, I won't be surprised. Uh, I didn't think he was more of a back-end wide receiver one. Uh, but the targets have been there. Everything you want from a top wide receiver has been there. And, and the touchdowns have continued to flow his way, even with uh, you know Jimmy Graham now on the roster. I think when you see Adams also, and then I'll, I'll stop blowing Adams and the Rodgers connection, you can just tell that these guys – have a, a symbiotic uh, existence with one an- existence with one another. Um, you know the way that Rogers is able to kind of make, keep the play alive by rolling out and, and, and his awareness in the pocket. And I, I just think, in, in a way, Adams just knows where to where what pockets, what holes to fill in, in the coverage, and always coming back, never giving up. It's 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 something special. Um, it really is something special. It reminds me a bit of the way I, I felt like uh, my, I think the strong suit that I used to feel like with Anquan Bolden was the way that when the play broke down, Anquan Bolden seemed to always make the play because he never gave up. He knew how to use his body to get some uh, freedom, and, and it just seemed like uh, if you had more than five seconds um, on a pass play, Bolden would somehow end that play with a nice 20-yard gain. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Any, anything to say about these rookies? Um, you know, it's been kind of ups and downs. It's been the Marquise, uh, Valdez-Scantling, um, Santa Quemini. Uh, where, where, where do we stand with, uh, with them? Is, is Allison still hurting out? Uh, what are your expectations with uh, kind of the, the, the rest of the wide receivers? Yeah, I do think uh, there's a chance that Geronimo Allison is back this week. Uh, if so, Marquez Valdez-Scantling slides back down a spot. You know, so does Equanimous St. Brown. Um, so, you know, you're really looking for, 
I, I think you really want the number two wide receiver there right now. And uh, if Geronimo Allison somehow, you know, out, and, you know, not healthy, uh, MVS is the guy you're looking to first and foremost. But I think all three should, you know, Allison and uh, MVS should both be owned at this point. Cool. Let's go over to the Rams side of the ball. Uh, what what is there not to say with this team? Obviously, it's just ridiculous. Undefeated. It's it's going to be it's going to be tough for a, a team the way that that the fluidity and the, the finely tuned machine that that offense is. Um, it's going to be hard for them for a team to beat them. Uh, to be honest, uh, Todd Gurley already has what fourteen touchdowns this year. So we're we're kind of looking at a and a turning back of the clock a little bit to back in the days, you know, 10 years ago um, when we had Ladanian Tomlinson and Priest Holmes and uh, where, the, where you're back in these, in these 20 touchdown seasons for the running back. Um, let's be honest, at this pace and the way this looks, if, if Todd Gurley can stay healthy – uh, he's going to have that 22 to 28 touchdown season, um, which is just hasn't been happening lately. Yeah. Uh, you're starting Todd Gurley. Uh, I'm sorry for saying that he wasn't the top overall back because you, no one had repeated as the top overall back, you know, since LT, but you know, this team is set up for him to succeed and, uh, they're running against a lot of light boxes and putting him in good positions, and he's the power um, of the team in the red zone. The, he's scoring so many touchdowns, though, that it's sort of affecting Jared Goff's fantasy totals because people keep, you know, sort of ranking um, him in the top, you know, five quarterbacks on a weekly basis, and I get that, but you know, the yardage is there, but they are a run first team in the red zone and, and Gurley basically has double the number of red zone rushing attempts of any running back in the league. So, you know, that that's suppressing his fantasy value a bit that he's not a, a guy there, you know, looking to throw the ball on every single, uh, you know, red zone opportunity, but I think he's a back end QB one most weeks uh, just at, at how well this offense is playing. You know, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are both sort of high-end wide receiver twos, especially without Cooper Cup back on the field. Um, Is Cup out again this week? I I think it's very likely. They did say it's going to be an injury where it could be, you know, up to a month. So uh, I I, I don't expect him back this week. You know, sprained MCL. Uh, I'm not looking for him anytime soon. Is there a guy that they have on their lineup? that can can replace not replace him um, truly, but is there a guy that they're slotting in that has any fantasy viability? Um, yeah, it's Josh Reynolds, but uh, yeah. you know we saw you know them just go in different directions, and they used a little bit more tight ends uh, last week. So um, yeah, I'm not going out there rushing to slot him in as an instant play. Uh, but he is a guy to keep on the radar. Could you see with the Packers, um, and we'll move on to the next game after this, um, could you see the Packers coming off a bye week 
having a long time to prepare for this one. Could you see an upset in this one, or are the Rams going to just keep the train rolling? Yeah, I do think there's a good you know upset spot here. Uh, you do get the Packers with a little bit healthier Aaron Rodgers coming off a of bye week. Uh, I do think there is a little bit of potential. I do think this game is, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a mastermind. Uh, he's We've seen his ability to pull a rabbit out of a hat, uh, maybe out of his head too, but, you know, we're not talking about that right now. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers keeps you in games. Yeah. Plain simple. I'd like to see a video of him pulling a rabbit out of uh, Danica. Wait, what? Let's move on. All right. We're going to go to the next and second to last game, Sunday football night in America. This is a good one. I think uh, the repeat uh, of the uh, Minnesota miracle or whatever the hell they called that Diggs play. Um, New Orleans Saints, 5-1. and one doing better so far than the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings look uh, like they probably are going to end the season being one of the favorites from the NFC to, um, you know, give uh, a challenge to the Rams, Saints. I don't know. Who else is up there? Maybe the Bears? I think the NFC NFC North is tough, but uh, Minnesota's coming together a bit over the last couple weeks. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins has proven to be everything they thought thought he was, completing a shit ton of passes for over 300 yards a, a game, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Adam Thielen's on a crazy pace. He's first in the league uh, in, in receptions and receiving yards, uh, you know, on pace for, you know, a giant season, you know, they're continuing to work Stefan Diggs in, and this looks like a good game for Stefan Diggs uh, because, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, is he going to follow Adam Thielen into the slot? Uh, I don't know about that, but, you know, they've been giving up some big plays. They did just, you know, trade for Eli Apple. Which yeah, is, what do you think about that? I, I like oh, it. I thought the one real problem with the Saints – was pass defense, specifically deep pass, um, you know, protection. So now Apple gives them a, a young corner with some athleticism and length. Um, and it's also going to provide some continuity because now you've got, you know, three young players who all played at Ohio State uh, and, and they know each other's styles. They know where they can gamble. Uh, they know what the other guy likes to do. Uh, and so hopefully yeah, they're looking at rounders too. all first rounders. Uh, Von Bell might've been a second or third rounder. So what um, they, sorry to ask this, but what did they give up uh, the saints to uh, the giants to get Apple? Who's what? Three years, maybe four years removed from a, a top 10 pick. Yeah. I think it was a fourth or a fifth round pick, uh, a fourth and a seventh, I think oh. um, from the saints. So it's like a great trade for the Saints, even though I know Apple's kind of a, a head case and an unlike guy in the locker room. Uh, maybe he just needed to be with his the U homies. Yeah, the Ohio State. Um, oh, yeah, the Ohio State. The U is Miami. Sorry, I hate yeah. Ohio State. I love um, <laughs> Yeah, but this gives them potential because right now the Saints are a dominant run stopping unit. I, 
I people were real mad at me on Twitter the other day uh, because I was like, okay, who cares that they're a good run stuffing unit? How about they, you know, try and defend the pass and defend the deep pass? And they're like, you can't do one without the other. Have you ever seen anything? You know, I was just like, yeah, r- running defense doesn't matter. You actually want teams to run on you. Uh, in a lot of aspects. I saw your your uh, your retweet of or screen grab. Of, I love when, and I, you know me. Over the course of the last eight nine years, I've gotten this as much as many people. But I just I just unfollow. This is a block. This is an unfollow. I, how <laughs> can I possibly follow you amongst the seven thousand people I already do follow on Twitter? After you would say such blasphemy, you're just like, all right, buddy. <laughs> we'll keep, keep in touch with yourself. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just think if the Saints can, if they stop focusing so much on the run, they give up a yard more per run. Are they really in a worse position when you can, you know, potentially attack the passer a little bit more or play some more coverage? I don't think that's a trade-off many teams are afraid to make at this point. Um, you know, especially against the Vikings, who who even knows if Dalvin Cook is back um, or not. But you're looking at these guys to really, um, you know, be a pass-first team in this matchup. So, you know, looking first at the Saints side, uh, you want to, you know, Drew Brees, while this doesn't look like a great matchup, he's a back-end QB1. Um, Alvin Kamara's in the lineup. Uh, You know, Mark Ingram's got a chance for touchdown or a couple receiving yards. Uh, to go along with some rushing work. Um, I, I like everybody's potential in this matchup. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, even though, um, you know, they, they're both pretty good teams. I, I do think they're just both so good and so uh, coherent on offense that, they, uh, that it's likely to, you know, be one of these shootouts that we look for. Yeah, it, it, I, I agree with that. There's certain offenses that uh, kind of uh, negate whatever is happening on the defensive side of the ball. I think the Saints are getting better with some of the trades, and the Vikings have definitely you know regressed um, from what we thought last year and where they are now. It doesn't mean they're a bad defense. I think they're 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 finding their way, but they're certainly letting up points. Um, maybe they're not letting up as much points, but they're certainly letting up yards. Um, as uh, at a high clip, uh, a higher clip yeah. than you would expect the Vikings to, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty much playing all the Saints. Um, Xavier Rhodes has been hampered with an injury this week, and if he's out, then I think Michael Thomas becomes an even better play. Uh, Traquan Smith was obviously the main beneficiary of the Ted Ginn injury. He His snaps really jumped up last week. Um, so, you know, I expect this offense to function at a high level. Uh, and, and we saw late in that game against Baltimore that when their backs are against the wall, they just know how to get it done. And Drew Brees is playing his ass off, man. He's another guy with, you know, 13 touchdowns and no interceptions. I love hearing a story 
Um, they were they were talking on uh, the Fox crew pregame. They were talking about just you know obviously after Breeze was able to break the uh, all time yardage record. Um, you know, stories come out of the woodwork, but I loved hearing the story about Breeze. Um, while everyone's kind of laugh, laughing it up and having a good time on the bus ride for the Pro Bowl, of all things, uh, Drew Breeze at the front of the bus um, studying the playbook for the friggin' Pro Bowl. Uh, just that guy's a machine. Uh, question I got for you as we swap over to the Minnesota Vikings side of the ball. Do you think Adam Thielen will get um, his eighth consecutive 100-yard game? That's my first question. Um, let me see. The odds say no based on the history of the NFL, but my heart says yes. Great. Second question. Do you think at this pace, do you think Adam Thielen's going to be the first wide receiver to have 2,000 yards? No. All right. All righty, all righty. Um, yeah, he's a beast. Um, let me know. Let Tavis Murray, like you said, Cook. Uh, who knows if he's playing? Even if he does, let's be honest, this Cook season looked nothing like last year's Cook season pre-injury. Um, even when he's been playing, it just hasn't looked – it just hasn't been the same. Uh, Latavius Murray, on the other hand, is looking like one of the crowning jewels of pickups for this season. Uh, that could evaporate in a minute if, if Cook comes back and, and starts looking like the Cook – uh, that we saw the first half of last year. Um, but Latavius Murray, two touchdowns again last week. Um, you know, just 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 getting it done. Can uh, can Murray in this game, let's say Cook does not play, uh, can Murray get it done against the Saints defense? Yeah, we talked about how the Saints are the best rushing defense in the league. So I don't really love Latavius Murray's spot. The only thing you're looking for, if you're a Latavius Murray owner, is potential of these bunny touchdowns, these short yardage touchdowns that he's been, you know, sort of so good at getting. Um, you know, so far this year, he's good at converting short yardage. He's a big, strong, powerful back. So, you know, it's worked. Um, so really touchdown dependent RB2 or flex play for me. Um I'm much more focused on the wide receivers and Kyle Rudolph in this one. So you like you're liking the Rudolph one? Yeah, Kyle Rudolph's been you know fairly disappointing, but uh, he caught a touchdown against the Saints last season. The Saints, I think, are actually the best fantasy defense uh, against opposing tight ends, uh, or the second best, excuse me, but. Uh, I think Kyle Rudolph in the red zone, you know, can sting him. All right. Let's get to the last game of the week. Um, It seems to me like this one's going to be probably the worst Monday night game of the season they have. I wonder if they were right now, right about now, ESPN's wishing they could flex out this game. Um, New England Patriots are going to New, uh, New Buffalo, New Buffalo, Michigan. Uh, to Buffalo Bills, what are your expectations? We'll start with the Patriots, um, you know, and then I think we can kind of breeze through the pay, uh, Bills side as I'm pretty sure there's not a starter on that team at this point. Yeah, um, funny story about New Buffalo, Michigan. It's named New Buffalo, Michigan because 
the captain was sailing the Great Lakes and ended up in New Buffalo, Michigan, and he was from Buffalo. So they are very connected cities. Nice. New Buffalo is an amazing place. I love New Buffalo. Go head up, head up, Lake. Take a left at Lake Station. Head up Lake Michigan. Um, I would say, as far as ta- summer towns on Lake Michigan for summer houses in proximity to Chicago, uh, New Buffalo is the spot. Uh, got it. It, it, it. It's fun up there. Yeah. Um, so New England Patriots, I think you're pretty much playing everybody. You're playing Tom Brady. You're playing James White. Uh, you're playing Julian Edelman. Um, if Rob Gronkowski's back, you're playing him. He averages, what, um, 100 yards per game and seven TD catches in seven career games at Buffalo. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, last time I checked. Uh, Josh Gordon, you're playing, you know, Chris Hogan's probably the one guy you're sitting there leaving on the, uh, bench, uh, just, but he has been, uh, a little bit better, uh, and it is a Buffalo revenge game, which is important because they'll mention Buffalo revenge game and they'll mention lacrosse about 18 times during this broadcast. Um, you know, I, I guess the question is the big back role for the Patriots. Who's going to step up and fill that? You've got you know Kenyon Barner, who was the guy who stepped up there last week. I don't think he's going to end up being the guy you know long term um, as the big back. They do have Kenneth Farrow, who missed all of last year with an injury, you know, on the practice squad. Um, and he's much bigger, you know, Kenyon Barner's more of a backup to James White than he was a backup to, uh, you know, anything that Sonny Michelle was doing. So I I look for Farrell to potentially be the big back and the guy they look at two in short yardage situations. But I really think James White just gets a boost here. He's going to be, you know, even more consistent. Uh, They're going to call on him to run a little bit more, but, you know, his role's not going to change. I, I think while uh, Sony Michelle is out of the lineup, they're going to be pass heavier. For sure. Yeah, God, James White, that was a guy that you, know, um, you and a number of uh, people we're close to in fantasy football were just like, God, just, just that guy's going to get it done again. And uh, that's a missed opportunity for me. James White is looking like a great, great, great fantasy play. Uh, moving through this back half of the season, already having a, a solid season. I think it's just going to be a, a potpourri of fantasy football, um, you know, dink and dunks, long game, immediate, uh, immediate game, just the, the weaponry for Brady right now and the Patriots is uh, is something special. They're definitely hitting their stride as an offense, which was to be expected. Um, but James White, is, it, to me, I agree with you. He's like – He's got every uh, every opportunity to just um, he, he's leading the team in rushing and receiving. Let's put it he's sitting here right now, seven games in. Um, it, it's James White show out of that backfield. So good times for your owners there. Anything else you want to uh, mention uh, on this? Is, is Chris Hogan? I saw him get injured last week. Is he on the injury report this week? I think I agree with you. He's a benchable guy, regardless. Um, but is he is he out this week? 
I don't think he's going to be out. Um, I, I think he'll be back and active. Um, but I'm really not expecting, you know, too much out of him anyways. But, uh, you know, dart throw in DFS is the best I could say. Um, yeah. Let's flip it over to the new Buffalo Bills. Um, I, I think they want to be the new Buffalo Bills. <laughs> what do I know? Um, uh, maybe you're starting Chris Ivory if uh, LaShawn McCoy is ruled inactive. But again, it's a Monday night game. You're not going to know till probably Saturday at the earliest if he's out. But, you know, if LaShawn McCoy is held out, you could probably start Chris Ivory. Other than that, I'm fading everybody else. Derek Anderson is your starting quarterback. There is yes. nothing in any receiver action, tight end, wide receiver, that you want to be a part of on this one. Um, even though this does have a trap game uh, to it a little bit. This does have a garbage time element because Patriots are going to get out ahead in all likelihood. But it, honestly, I, I'd rather see Peterman there than, than, than Derek Anderson. Um, but, yeah, I just think the Buffalo Bills are, are, are pretty much a fantasy football um, black hole. Do you think um, talking uh, – just you're pretty much starting no one, maybe like you said, uh, Chris Ivory. But I think the Patriots get a get a lead early, and they're not able to run regardless. Question I got for you: Lashawn McCoy trading deadline one week from today. Is he got? Are they moving him? Not unless they change their asking price. What is their asking price right now? It's rumored to be like a second round pick and an asset. <laughs> you know, a second round pick plus. So unless they're coming down on that to. Uh, Normal people standards? Um, no, they're not moving them, I guess. Question I got for you. I think we're done with this game. We're done with the show. Man, I felt like we got a shitload of stuff done basically in two hours. This is like been an amazing show, and we've been able to do it in a succinct kind of uh, go, go, go manner, which as our, our, our old uh, – Tread listeners uh, will will agree. Usually, uh, we don't do a two hour show very often. Um, yeah. Nice, nice work to you, Stag Party. Awesome stuff. Question I got for you, lastly, is this Monday Night Crew: um, Joe Detestatori, uh, Jason Witten, obviously, and uh, Booger. What do you think about these guys? Do you do you like that uh, ESPN lineup that they've got? Um, I'm kind of. I, I, I want to hear from you, but. I kind of hate them, but I also kind of love them and respect what they're doing. They're they're kind of changing it up. What are your thoughts about the uh, the new ESPN um, kind of crew there that are calling the game? I respect that they try to do something different. I just don't completely think it works. And Jason Witten is really dry. Um, yes, he's trying hard. He's trying to be Romo light. But it's just, it's just, it just, it doesn't, it's not, it's not effortless. You know, Romo, yeah. uh, Romo's so smart and knows the game so well. And I'm not saying that Witten doesn't, but he's got so much charm that Romo's, I mean, let's be honest, Romo is the best. I can't even believe how good that guy is. He's just, yeah. 
he's so good. Listening to a game that he's calling is just like so good. And he's he's trying in the Corona commercials, but he's not trying when he's calling a game. Um, yeah. Um, it's so easy for him. It just comes off. But I, I think Witten can go. I think they got to stop doing those close-up and showing Witten and Joe Testori. Like when Joe's like smiling and, and like looking at Jason Witten, it's just like it's a little awkward to be honest. And yeah. You know that like Witten wants so badly to be like eloquent and fun and like touch you know check all the boxes for football fans. Um, but I do love that chair, that high chair moving thing that they got with with Booger. I think Booger kind of locks in on things. Um, I like the way he's doing he's doing the angle from a, 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 you know and to say it honestly from a from a black man that's a, that played the sport and is is covering that angle of it. I think it's awesome. Um, so I think there's some promise. I hope they give it a shot. You know, I think that's the problem with these primetime games, Monday night football and Sunday night football. Like you go back over the years and it's just like, there's so much pressure on the calling of it that they move it around and they change the, change the crew so much. I think these guys can be awesome over time to think that, you know, honestly there's seven prime real games, uh, regular games into their kind of um, grouping. I like what they're doing. Um, so I, I wanted to hear what you had to say on it. Uh, but I like yeah. that they're trying to do something different. I like that they're trying to do something different. I, I'm just not sold on Witten, I guess. I do like Booger's uh, angles sometimes. I don't really like the chair because I've seen pictures from people sitting in the front row behind the chair and you can't see shit. And if I can afford a front row seat, Nazi shit, I'd be fucking I thought the thing went up and down the sideline. It It does. It moves where the ball is, but if you're at the 50-yard line and the ball's on the 50-yard line, Uh, you're you're watching on his TV screen. I might as well be watching at the bar. Yeah, no no doubt. Why don't they do it? I'm going to give him a suggestion. They should have a big-ass fucking flat screen on the back of it. I think they do because for that reason, but still – I don't want to watch on TV if I paid all the cash for a front row seat, man. Um, Maybe they do uh, it so it's actually not like a TV view. There's a camera on the front of this chair. So whatever you would see through the chair, that's what you see. <laughs> I don't know. They got to do something about that or else, you know, these people who spend the coin are going to be real pissed real soon. Uh, I agree. All right, Stag Party, good stuff as usual. You're the man. Love listening to you and talking to fantasy football with you. Houdini was out on uh, a little bit of biz, or maybe it was pleasure. I'm not sure. Uh, this week, um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be back next week. Um, I think we're going to do it all together next week. I've got actually a destination wedding um, after the week, but that's not until Wednesday. Um, anyway. Enough about our individual plans. Great, great show. You're the man uh, to all you pyros out there listening to us and giving. I don't feel as guilty. When I, when it's like a three-hour and 20-minute show, I'm like, thanks for giving us your time. Like, hey, we're in and out. It was basically like two hour and ten minutes. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. All right, buddy. Pyros, we love you. Stag party, I love you. Um, let's do it. Tempt fate. In week eight, let's get it done. 
Every victory from here on out is big time. Let's bring this thing home. Let's get in the playoffs, and then it's anybody's game. All right. Love you. Pyro out.